Hello and welcome to Book Reviews Kill, a podcast about fantasy, sci-fi, and horror novels. I'm Evan. And I'm Chad. And you're joining us for our recap and discussion of Iron Gold, book four in the Red Rising series by Pierce Brown. I think technically Iron Gold is book one of the Iron Gold Tetralogy, which means it's the first of four books, but it's fine. Book one of the book four Tetralogy doesn't quite have the same ring to it. <laughs> we don't want to do that. Let's just This is book four in my mind of the entire Red Rising series. Uh, this book was rough for about the first 250 pages but then it got pretty awesome it, it really did get really cool but for me it never quite reached the heights of the first three books uh, there were definitely some standout scenes of course because this is pierce brown this is red rising we're talking about here this sure. is darrow this is severo this is victra this is everybody's here this is the well, golds <laughs> a lot of people a lot of people aren't here <laughs> but yeah. like, a lot of people have died but um yeah i don't know what do you think I, I agree with everything you just said, and I and I really agree behind the like the fourth book thing. Like I know it's supposed to be the first book of one, because if he meant for it to be the first of a new thing, it doesn't feel that way. It feels like the fourth of an old thing that at this point is kind of tired. And I kind of thought that we like not solved it, but at least got far enough pointed in the right direction that the entire next three books weren't going to be entirely about the old thing, you know. So I'm kind of just disappointed that we're just dragging through like the problems of yesteryear. It feels like. I think because I mean, one of the points of this book, I feel like, is to kind of it was it was showcasing how war is never really over. It's just kind of always evolving. And it also yeah. delved into what it means to be a good parent. Like there were a lot of different things that it was trying to accomplish. And I think that like one of the main things it was trying to show is like, yeah, they won. But what about all these people? And like, what about this? And what about Darrow's relationship to the family that he was kind of like fighting for? He didn't know he was fighting for Pax, but he wanted a, a certain future. And it's like, he kind of got it in a sense. But like, so yeah, I don't, I don't think it was terrible. I think it set out to do what it was trying to do. And I think maybe with when we read Dark Age and Lightbringer, I think we might come to understand why Iron Gold was so important. And it feels like an important series of events, but feels reading like it, should it be. reading it was rough like reading it like the actual you know boots on the ground reading it <laughs> the actual process of reading it was really tedious for me at least personally i mean like those it was weird because like the first tedious couple is the right word like, like the, the first <laughs> the first couple like darrow chapters were good first couple lyria chapters were mm. good i didn't like any mm. of the ephraim chapters i didn't give a shit about ephraim like i every time i turned the page and i saw ephraim i was like great another one of these like this yeah i this felt that guy, way about lyria Oh, I like Lyria a lot. Yeah, really? we, we, can, uh, we, we'll get, we can get into we'll it. Sticks yeah. a little bit later, but yeah, she was a drag for me. I mean, I think that was the point, man. <laughs> I know, but we don't need to. Okay, we're getting the sticks. We'll get into the sticks later. <laughs> man, those Lyria chapters were really depressing. Like, yeah, of man, course they. And, were. and I guess that just kind of boils back to my whole point: is I was yeah. hoping for something new, and I don't need three more books to tell me that like the consequence of war and societal upheaval is like still not the world being perfect like i get it but i like, see what let's you're saying like... <laughs> yeah no i think i think um you were expecting like a little bit of that but then like a lot more plot and yeah I, there was some plot let's give it a little credit the first Maybe. three books are a title a torrent yeah. Yeah. of like plot and wild things happening epic speeches and just people really in their moment you know you know what though i think i'm gonna go ahead and stand by what i said though before we get into the recap and just say i think when we read books five and six, we'll come to appreciate this one a little bit more. That's my prediction. I've heard very good things. All right, let's get into it. All right, let's do it. Ten years after the victory over the golds of the core worlds, a new Sor Republic has replaced the tyrannical society. 
Darrow of Lycos serves as Arch Imperator of the Republic's forces, which are still at war with the Ash Lord, Magnus Algrimus. Darrow's wife Virginia, Al Augustus, governs as the elected sovereign, but a faction called Vox Populi, led by Dancer, has risen to power in the Senate. Ignoring the Senate's orders, Darrow launches a massive assault on Mercury, wresting the planet from the Ash Lord, but with great casualties. When the Senate learns from Darrow's enemy, Julia Albalona, that he rejected an overture of peace from the Ash Lord, they issue a warrant for Darrow's arrest. Darrow, knowing that the potential truce is a ploy by the Ash Lord that will never come to fruition, escapes with his closest allies on a dangerous mission to assassinate Magnus. Darrow and the Howlers set off to Earth, where they free Apollonius Al Valai Wrath after a stealth assault on Deepgrave Prison and set off to Venus to kill the Ash Lord. They invade his fortress, but find him bedridden. He reveals that his daughter, Atalantia, is heading to retake Mercury, which is not fully protected, and that Darrow and Severo's children have been captured. Enraged, the three of them, Darrow, Severo, and Apollonius, burn the Ash Lord to death. Stricken by grief and his failure as a father, Darrow sets course to Mercury to reinforce his army while Severo heads back to Luna. Meanwhile, Cassius Albalona and his ward Lysander, Aulun, rescue a female gold from a drifting ship in the asteroid belt. After making a narrow escape from Obsidian Pirates, they are rescued by golds from House Ra of the Rim learning that the gold they rescued was Serafina Aura, daughter of the Rim Sovereign. Cassius and Lysander, initially disguising themselves as merchants, become embroiled in the political upheaval happening in the Outer Rim. As Dido Aura disposes her husband, Romulus, the Sovereign of the Rim Dominion. When his identity is revealed, Cassius is challenged by multiple golds for his past crimes against the Ra. He kills one after the other, but is gravely wounded, and ultimately dies. Dido shows the Moon Lords evidence that their Ganymede shipyards were destroyed by Darrow and not by Roque Alphabii as they had been led to believe. While initially persecuted for negligence, Romulus admits to destruction of the shipyards, but covered up the evidence to avoid war. Before he dies, Romulus warns Lysander to keep the peace, lest the numerically fewer golds of the Rim are destroyed by Darrow. Nevertheless, the Rim Lords decide to go to war against the Republic, and Lysander joins them. Lyria is a Red, who lives in Camp 121 on Mars, after her people are freed from the mines. The terrorist organization known as the Red Hand attacks the camp, killing nearly everyone, and Lyria and her nephew Liam are the only members of her family to survive. Republic forces eventually arrive to intervene, and Lyria saves Kavax Al Telemannus from drowning. He takes her into his household. On Luna, Lyria befriends a veteran named Philippe, who is actually the criminal Ephraim T. Horn in disguise. He uses his plan to bring down a Telemannus transport ship and kidnap Pax, the son of Darrow and Virginia, and Electra, the daughter of Severo and Victra, at the request of the crime lord known as the Duke of Hands. Caught after the fact, Ephraim agrees to his former sister-in-law, Darrow's deputy holiday, T. Nakamura, retrieve the children. Ephraim flees the Duke's compound with Pax and Electra, but the Duke's boss, the Syndicate Queen, remotely seizes control of his stolen ship when they are 20 minutes from Republic ships. Ephraim destroys the ship's engines to prevent recapture, 
crashing himself and the two children to the surface. And that is where we are left in this state of unknown. Yeah, everybody, if, if you're listening and you're kind of confused about that recap there, we had to chop it into like uh, basically three parts because of the point of view characters. And it, it was just a lot harder to kind of like do it sequence by sequence when everything was all mixed together like that. So I think the that's science... how we're doing all the Faithful and the Fallen books too. Yeah, the last one I wove them all together into one. Oh, you did, yeah. That but was... and it was really long and arduous, and took me like four days to write. Though that story is a little bit of a different creature than this one. But yeah, the art of writing a summary is is really an art form, man. Because there's so many different ways that you can do it. Well, we did a great job here, Chad. Thank you very much for doing that. Um, there's My some pleasure. stuff that was left out of the. Uh, I mean, we could have uh, probably went on for about 25 minutes. Cause there's a lot of things that happened in this book. Uh, one thing specifically that I wanted to talk to you about was the last part of Darrow's point of view in this book. Um, and it's one of yeah. the more like compelling questions and kind of compelling scenes. So I wanted to start with this one, uh, and then we can kind of like work our way through a lot of the other events that happened, obviously. But, um, what did you think about Darrow's decision to not go after his son and go to, was it Mercury again? Uh, yeah, he's going to Mercury to like save his army. Yeah, yeah, he's going to yeah, Mercury. There's people he's about to get jumped yeah, by totally. the Ashlord's daughter. Yeah, Atalantia. Yeah, totally. Yeah, who? Okay, before we go down that really, try, I kind of got like blindsided by all these bad guys. Like, who are they? Where did they come from? They're like yeah, nobody. So okay, so that was yeah. Okay, we'll get back to that question again soon. Um, but yeah, that was definitely one of the things that I kind of took issue with in this book was that lame. It felt like a lot of credence was given to, and a lot of page time was given to characters that I had either kind of like barely heard about or not heard about at all. Um, totally you know like like seraphina is like the daughter of romulus and it's like oh yeah i remember like romulus talking about his kids kind of like it's yeah, like, like Rom- i didn't like them watching tv or yeah something. exactly and like that's yeah. all like it's all fine like i but also like there's so much like weight ha- around like the alra family and it's right. just like wait why are we here what what is right. this and, like, a big Ashford- deal right now I legitimately thought he was going to be the jackal, like most of this book. Oh, really? Wow. Oh, yeah. I <laughs> figured dead. he was going to come from the... No, he's I know. way dead. He's I figured so, he was so going to find dead. some way, you know? I think Grimace, Grimace was like kind of off the page, like a pretty big force to be reckoned with already. Uh, you know, like the Ash Lord had like nuked the hell out of some planet or something. Uh, he was like a pretty like legendary figure already. Was he? Okay. I guess I was too caught up in Darrow being so, awesome. Yeah. I mean, like, but, and it's, it's fine. It's just like... I forgot just how many like different like factions and so there's like Vox Populi. There's um the split off section of the Rising that um uh not Holiday but the other person with the the name Harmony is like leading. You know what I mean? Uh, and then there's like the Rim, and then there's the Society, and then there's the Rising, and then it's just like there's a lot of different parts moving right now, and then there's like a lot of characters obviously in those. Um, so it's just a little difficult sometimes to like remember why a character is like super significant like when dido comes in and it's like oh no it's it's romulus's <laughs> wife i was just like who the hell is this lady like why is this like a Dude. big moment you know what i mean like okay but- here's chad being an idiot though okay i literally thought until our recap that like i and i have in my notes like it's annoying me that the word vox populi is being used so many times because i was like because the vox it's like latin or greek or whatever for um for the majority but oh, I didn't yeah. know that it's like the literal name of their like political party. And so every time oh. that it's used so many times, and I was like, <laughs> we get it. You know, a fancy word for majority. Oh, my you God. Hit it with utilize every time someone uses something, too. Oh, like, wow. man. 
so tiring but i just totally missed it <laughs> yeah um i don't i don't know um it was it was a little odd having like these characters kind of be such a big presence on the page for the other characters but not really for me it felt like you know what yeah I mean? like I when fully like, agree yeah like when dido comes in i'm sure cassius is like damn like it's romulus's wife like this is gonna get crazy but i was just like who the hell is this i don't right, know why yeah and then like seraphina and it's like and by the way like is so is seraphina a peerless scarred because it like Lysander was like, oh my god, like this is like one of the real like legit golds. But okay, so if Lysander can recognize Seraphina, how come nobody recognized Lysander? That's a real great point. Or Cassius, for that matter. Right? Like, Did they it, have like super disguises? I just think it's kind of. I mean, I'm not saying that like Lysander knew that Seraphina was uh, Romulus, but like they can. T it's like they can almost like tell that like some golds are like a uh, much better, I guess, for lack of a better word, than other. Like I feel like they should have seen. Like when, when, when Cassius and Lysander get caught, they're just like, oh, we're these people. And they're just like, yeah, we're okay, like merchant whatever. Smugglers, whatever. Yeah, they're like, sure, <laughs> we'll buy whatever story you tell us. Who cares? Like, whatever. But it's just like, wait, what? Isn't there some kind of, can't you guys tell? You know, right. so that was, Well, maybe that was that's weird. the statement, right? Is they're so arrogant that they think that they'd be able to tell. Yeah, and so but, that's why it works. You get a little it's sick like, of that covering like every single right. bottle with the gold, though. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> oh, like, by their own hubris. But it doesn't right. work for like, like every Cassius, situation, you know? Cassius was the right hand man of the previous sovereign. Like, yeah. his face should be like, known yeah and like like lysander i kind of understand because it's like he was really young he probably grew into different features and stuff but like Barely cassius like it's i think <laughs> like cassius has like a beard or something and everyone's like who is this guy <laughs> right. like like come on pierce brown like <laughs> i he know i'll give him a mustache and no one will recognize <laughs> right. him it's like and one of those famous fingers. people but um yeah anyway going way back way 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 back to um the that the question i had asked uh, before what did you think about Darrow choosing to uh, go to Mercury instead of go after his son? Because I have an answer for this, but I want to hear your rationale. Okay. I've got some major issue with this whole end sequence. Okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know what like, you're going to lead off with. <laughs> so, okay. They come across the Ash Lord, who Ooh. I was disappointed was not the Jackal Rebirth somehow. It really was survival. the Ash Lord. Really was the Ash Lord. Darn shucks. <laughs> But there was the deceit of that he's like super decrepit, which somehow makes him like I thought not... that was cool. It was cool, yeah, but it was like cool. I also didn't really get the weight behind it. Because it's like he's um, still the leader of the troops. Like that doesn't really change your goal any. Uh, no, I guess. Yeah, no, I just thought it was guess like they... a cool. It was like a cool image in my head. I didn't really like think that hard about it. Oh, just like, like him like yeah. in the thing. And I, mean, I think strategically it was important because he was like hiding that his like daughter was the real leader and she's got their forces yeah. off someplace else. You know, the main power of their army maybe isn't with him, I guess. But it did seem like, oh, wow, like because they get all mad at Apollonius, like you knew that he was decrepit. And it's like, why does it matter? Really? Like you still got to take the guy out. <laughs> the princess is in a different castle. Yeah. Kind of like, like I don't know. OK, like... so the one guy, the, the guy who's like their enemy like super 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 hardcore enemy he tells them hey your kids are are taken by my faction and then no fact checking like the one guy who has like actual <laughs> incentive 
actual incentive to like lie to them to destroy and like look what his lie does when believed because they just immediately do um it completely breaks Severo and darrow it, it not only changes the course of their actions. to be fair they were kind of breaking up a little bit before that just, totally just to be totally fair here you're right like just that was go, the linchpin though go ahead no it you're right smash their already yeah, found weakening yeah. but foundation it was already getting sure. pretty bad yeah you're right but, but go ahead um and, and then they make very big decisions that they wouldn't have made without that they fracture themselves um you know the book ends with darrow basically deciding to go on like a suicidal like fu like battle hmm. rush like that's his plan hmm. i didn't see it that quite i know darrow saw it kind of that that way but i still don't see it that way and right because he's like woe is me he like, says this, like, like mercury will be my grave or something like but but darrow yeah. talks like that all the time like I know, ev- like so like everything's tiring. gonna like mars will be his grave earth will be his grave <laughs> venus will be his grave yeah. like every everything will be darrow's grave like i we don't know yeah, when Darrow's no. going to die. But believing but. him, believing the Ash Lord is the thing that starts Darrow down this like road, which very quickly manifests himself into his own like opinion of it being a suicidal last stand battle rush, which fractures him and Severo's relationship. And like, is there anything better that the enemy could hope for by spreading that lie? If it yeah. wasn't that, like, no, like that is money plan right there. But like, Though they've been fighting with guns and weapons this entire time, they don't realize that like words can also be weapons and like sit there and think like, maybe let's get a fact check here before we just break down emotionally. And like, they're like lost hope, you know, they're like, yeah, within like minutes, like you're believing him at face value though. Like that would seem crazy to me. Yeah. They just set him on fire. Which oh was... boy, let's talk about that scene a little bit. I okay, mean, so... I don't want to talk about. That. I know. Okay, okay. So let's, like, not, let's not do that yet because it's oh heavy. My God. But yeah, dude, that was like... rough. And I think that it could have been marking something that that changes the way I think about it. But I want to hear what you have to think about this whole ending sequence because, like, for me, it's like yeah. hard to even give my opinion because the whole premise was like I'm so like flabbergasted that they even chose to believe him and not do an ounce of fact checking when, like, of course he's going to lie to you for his own benefit. Like, duh. Yeah, I mean, like, I kind of I, I'm trying to think of like why else they would believe i don't know it, it is kind of weird like that that part is really weird i think i was caught up in the moment and didn't really think about it you know because like Severo <laughs> is just Severo's such a magnetic character like every time he Severo. talks like I, he's easily my favorite character in all the books and like every time Severo talks like i feel like a little part of my brain just kind of shuts off and i'm just like whatever's going on i don't care like Severo's awesome i'm just kind of here for the ride but it, it I, I hadn't really noticed that before but yeah like why why would they believe him so quickly? Like, but I mean, maybe they thought and then make maybe, all the plans based upon that premise. Yeah. I mean, at the very least, I would have thought this guy's on his deathbed. He's trying to do whatever he can to get a rise out of us or something. Yeah. yeah. Very least. But, yeah, totally. But, um, with regard to like Darrow leaving, like he did. Um, I, I, I think it makes sense. Like I, it makes sense on a few different levels. So for one thing, it makes sense for Darrow's character. Because of course Darrow's gonna do that. Totally you know I mean? self-sacrifice like, and my family if that's what it takes. <laughs> but also Darrow has also sacrificed a lot for people before too. But it's not the same. Like it's like Darrow knows that at Atalantia and and I'm getting my 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 the Ash Lord Grimace uh, are depending on Darrow to act the way that Severo is acting. That's how I looked at it. It was like, it was like I to think rush maybe home to, to rescue their kids, right? Yeah, I right, think that, right. I think, that, and I think that that might have been why they stole the kids and why um, Grimace oh. told them. You know what I mean? It's because they knew that they had a, a tactical advantage 
over Darrow because they know Darrow emotionally would snap and go save uh, his his son. And I think Darrow knows that they know that. And he was like, "All right, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to call that, and I'm going to and I'm going to go to to Mercury. And as much as it hurts, I can't pass up this tech this tactical advantage." Right. He's being strategical. I agree with you. Yeah, but um that's smart, I, Evan. Not not but but Look at you and, put on your general hat. <laughs> I know I never do that. And and also though, I think that Darrow, as much as Severo and Darrow had kind of like broken up a little bit there, I think if I was Darrow and Severo was that charged up about it, I'd be like, he's gonna figure it out. Like, there's no right. reason for me to go. You know what I mean? Like like Severo it, there's nothing that Severo and Darrow would do in that situation that Severo wouldn't be able to do by himself because there's so much happening. Great point. So like, I think it, honestly, I think the way that Pierce Brown intended that scene to be was to like really catch us and make us think like, wow, Darrow's so horrible. But like, actually, I was kind of like, yeah, this actually makes the most sense. Like, I mean, it's pretty on par. Yeah, <laughs> like it's, it's really heartless and it, it really feeds into a lot of how Darrow's been feeling. Like he's like crying himself to sleep and he's like, he feels really horrible about the kind of father and a bit about the kind of parent that he is. Totally. I get that. But like, also he's, he's also grappling with like trying to create a certain future that he believes in for his son as well. Like there's no reason for him to stop a, a war three quarters of the way through just so he can be with his kid. When, even if his kid is alive, which he doesn't even know, even if his kid is alive, he's going to still be in a, a world that is worse off for Darrow not having gone and tried to save it. So it's, yeah, it's really complicated and it sucks that Darrow is again going to be on, on paper kind of failing his son, but like in the long run, he's not, at least I would, I would argue that he's not. Um, but then again, I don't, I also don't really agree a, a bunch with Darrow's actions at the very beginning of the book either, like doing an iron mm. rain on Mercury. Like, I think that was, I, th I think it's it's like, like you going against his wife and fracturing his yeah, own. Yeah, I mean, faction. like I think that I think that one of the problems with Darrow, at least in this specific book, and like you, you can kind of see flavors of it in other books too. But like one of Darrow's issues in this book is that I think he forgets sometimes, like like what he actually wanted, and like what a, I don't think he knows like what a society is supposed to look like. You know what no. I mean? I'm not saying that I do. I'm just saying like his friends and his family have inputs as well. Like other people are allowed to make decisions in a society. Oh, you know, you're you know, so right. Yeah, he so takes it's like everything onto his own yeah, shoulders. And so and and so like that's why like I think that that iron rain in the beginning is just kind of like, damn, dude. Like you're really just gonna. And he's like, and 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 so his, his, a lot of his rationale behind it is like, well, the peace treaty that they offered me was fake, and it's like maybe. Uh, you, even if you're right about that, though, like, why not try as much diplomacy as possible with this new solar republic? That, like, why aren't you? Why are you like lowering yourself to what the golds would have done? In in my right, eyes, like, right. like, like have like, a just bombarding planets, like you know, right. preemptively. I don't know. I don't know. Darryl. Like, have a plan. Like, Obviously, like, if you think that you're going to get betrayed, factor that in. Have a plan for that eventuality. But like, you know. It's fine. You can do both. Like, I feel like he he's so like black or white that he's like, we must do this road or that one. It's like, well, you can fake it for a little bit and at least like sate that other political party who is really convinced. It has been that 10 guys... years. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, 
and I don't necessarily think that it's necessarily Darrow's fault because like if there's one thing that he's been like created for it is to like destroy he's been created to destroy not create and unfortunately we're at a time in the story where we need a creator leader not a destroyer leader and Darrow is really and he's battling for good reason because all he really knows how to do is destroy the society because that's been his like only focus and he's so willing to do that to your point that he's like willing to sacrifice his family and like yes i've been a bad dad and i'm gonna cry every night about it but i need to finish what i started and that's destroying the evil gold situation yeah i mean and it's you know um like the rim and the society are gathering strength you know while in in darrow's eyes and maybe it could be objectively but like in darrow's eyes at least the solar republic is fracturing like the fact that there is the vox populi at all and the fact that there is like the um what's it called like the red something the 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 like rebel faction or like the radical the faction shield oh, i have it in the i can't remember what it's red hand is it the red hand i think it's the red hand it's the red hand i'm, I'm, that, I'm quite certain you just nailed so it. like i think maybe in darrow's eyes it's like okay well this is fracturing and while this is all fracturing everybody else is gathering their, themselves back together and it's like i don't know he's probably not wrong you know what i mean but also red like, hand you're right but you can't run a society by yourself, you know, and especially you can't run it with just sheer force all the fucking time. You know what I mean? Like just constant force and iron reins on everything. Oh, it's he's a, like, buddy, like he's a mopey bull in a China shop. And let's use this to segue to uh, let's see where do I want to go. I really want to talk about them lighting him on fire because I think it's a really important event. So maybe sure. we'll go. We'll, no, we'll we can talk about that. it right now if you want. But yeah, I do want to go to. OK, so to your point here, I have a quote from Darrow. In one of my notes, there's so many Darrow chapters begin with statements like Darrow walking out of the Ash Lord's fortress. I am an empty shell. Other stuff, other stuff, many injured, emptiness, stunned sadness. If only I could go back in time and hold my boy again, protect him from the world. Will I ever see him again? Is he even alive? Blah, blah, blah. I feel the last of my soul exiting the empty shell of my body. Even to myself, my voice is like that of a condemned man. The key is so heavy on my chain, on my sternum. It's all I can do to stay standing. It's like, dude, you're not holding the one ring, bro. Like, <laughs> I mean, he does have a lot of responsibility. He's but so I dramatic. What, I see bro. what you're getting at, though. Yeah, I mean, like, I I feel like as much as he loves his friends, something about Darrow, like he's just, I've, I does he not trust that people know that, like, have his best interests too, and like he's just self-sacrificing to a fault. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I still think just like, dude, it's not your fault that everyone, every death happens is not your fault. I mean, he is like a super, super interesting person, like super interesting character. I, I do think that like the the extra POVs in this book were kind of a breath of fresh air because it at least tonally, like we just got a little like like I didn't really like the Ephraim chapters that much. I didn't think that they really added like a ton. I don't know, but it was still like a nice change to like have someone because I feel like I'm you know if you're listening right now you can let me know if you think I'm wrong about this but I feel like Ephraim's role in this book was to kind of and Lyria's also but like just to kind of show that you know yeah sure some of yeah the rising was a success and the society was toppled or whatever but uh, I mean this it's still really bad out here you know I mean right and and the process of toppling that society wasn't great and you know like there's a like lot of casualties yeah people lost people you know like like totally. Ephraim's never gonna be the same after that you know after losing somebody and so it's I think that's what it was for but also yeah. I didn't like the Ephraim chapters that much but it was a nice change of tone you know what I mean it was a nice change of like just a, a nice little like different look at 
stuff you know it's like a nice little perspective shift like really it was and i don't know so i agree completely and also disagree because while it was a nice change i think ephraim was um lyria was just another person moping feeling sorry sorry for which she has every right to be feeling sorry like her whole family is murdered by terrorists like i I was gonna say she should be mopey i'm not saying that she's like like just buck up sunny jim not my point here i'm saying that like i don't think that it really helped add in too much variance of tone or at least Lyria didn't because she's just like she's just like not feeling she feels out of place which is like Darrow she feels like sorry for herself which she should again uh, Darrow um, she's just like drowning in like violence and doesn't really like feel um, welcome by anybody but feels like protection over her nephew like it's so Darrow all over again like I don't think the story is really aided by another character drowning in self loathing and (laughs) yeah but i mean like you know i think lyria was i mean obviously like the red hand needed to be shown um that that whole situation i mean i think what was interesting was that lyria was from uh, a different uh clan i guess you could call it like um the the one that darrow kind of hated that always got the uh the laurel in the first book oh i missed Uh, that is that am i right i think that's i don't know i'm pretty sure that's right it sounds right it should be right I think that's, that's right, but it, I just thought it was an interesting, you know, it's like yeah, it is interesting. At the beginning of this whole series, like they were on top relatively in the Reds, but like now they're like it's so bad, you know, it's like it's so 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 bad. Um, but I just thought that was like kind of interesting for sure. But yeah, um, I don't know. It, yeah, I mean, it was, a, Lyria we needed, was needed. I liked her character, but I think that tonally she didn't help very much. Okay, I think that's that's valid. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think it was needed it needed we needed a kind of like realistic look into the aftermath of what darrow did because a lot of this book is about the aftermath of what darrow did you know so right. we needed like we couldn't that's why Which, that's why i think the tone is like or uh, that's why i think that the, the different perspectives are so important because it's like we can't just keep looking at everything through the eyes of the person that did everything you know it's like we can't totally that's not how this works anymore especially 10 years after the fact like if we were if we were picking up right after morningstar i'd be like i don't know if we need different perspective we're still got the the pedal to the metal here but we took the pedal off the gas you know there's no more gas right. now. we're kind of idling in the drive-through now you know what i mean and yeah, so yeah. like so while we're collecting our thoughts it's so important to look at things from other people's perspectives uh yeah. but i, I will agree me that, back like, to the beginning the, right because i thought that the whole book i thought that we we're going to see new stuff through a new character's perspective but now we're seeing like, the what you're saying. new character yeah. and i'm just like man yeah. i wish we were i wish it was more fresh yeah, I mean, you know, I gotta admit, man, like those, like I, I think I said at the top of the episode, but like the first couple of Darrow chapters were like pretty interesting, like the parade and stuff. And like, it was just like very like vivid in my head, yeah. just like seeing all that and like seeing like Severo's kids and Darrow's, like a lot of that was really, really good. And then I had no idea what was going on with Ephraim for a while. Like the only interesting <laughs> Ephraim scene was like him and the Duke of Hands, like that first him and the Duke of Hands scene was like pretty cool. And then the the last time that him and the Duke of Hands talked, I thought was pretty interesting. But everything in between, I thought was boring as shit. Like I really didn't like it at all. <laughs> and then like the first couple Lyria chapters, I wouldn't say good is the word, but like sure, like her like, family dying. They were really intense, but like I thought they were really well written and and were really driving a lot forward, especially when she hooked up with the telematuses and stuff. And like uh, I thought that was pretty cool. But then it felt like it kind of like 
It's like she she becomes part of the Telematis household technically, but like it kind of that plot line kind of like peters out, and she just kind of like wanders around. Is that what she's doing, dude? Like we she's get just hundreds of pages of it's her just wandering hundreds. around. Okay, maybe not. But it's like a lot. A it's a lot. Significant yeah. chunk of like, her just being like sad and not feeling welcome or like place in a out of place. You know, she's just she's just kind of in the wrong place at the wrong time because she like meets Ephraim, who is Philippe, right? And she like meets this guy, and they like hit it off. But like not romantically, I'm pretty sure. Um, but just like they connect, you know. Right, right. Um, well, I mean, they, Philippe is orchestrating that. It, it was it. Oh, that's manipulation from the beginning. Yeah, he's just trying to. I'm glad I'm talking about this because I'm a little bit confused about like the exact sequence of events here because it's like was Lyria just like because like someone said that Lyria was stealing something, right? Yeah. Like there was like this big what, and then like and then Ephraim kind of just comes in and is like, ah, don't worry about it, you know, like come with me, and and then. Like they talk for a while and then they become homies. Like, is it because Ephraim is trying to get in with the Telemannuses? 100%. Is that what yeah, it is? So okay, this, thank you for clearing yeah, so that up. The whole thing is masterminded and, and very well done when you look at it all. Why it's confusing, and it took me a while to figure it out too, is because you learn about it not in the order. Like you don't learn about Ephraim being hired by the Duke of Hands until like after they've already met, I'm pretty sure. And so it's hard to kind of put it all together. But yes, that whole situation, even the person who was uh, blaming someone stealing something was like one Ephraim's crew. It was all set up by Ephraim to get him in a position to like lend her a hand so he could have an in and start building a relationship with her. He worked her like a, an asset and then he became friends with her. And then that was his in that eventually allowed him to steal um, Pax and um, Severus kids, Severus kids. I yeah. remember their names. Me neither. I only remember Pax because it's like the name of Pax, you know, and like the ship. So um, while we're on the subject, though, one th- uh, I, I really like the way that Brown writes. Um, he's he's a really gifted writer. Like, he really, yeah, really he's is. a great writer. Um, and I think that the way he builds up his stories and just like the reveals and I can't there's not enough like good things I can say about. He really is fucking awesome. But but yeah, it doesn't get enough one, laurels, in my opinion. One thing that I really don't like about the way that Pierce Brown writes is that he will dangle a plot line in front of you and just <laughs> and just demand that you follow it and just trust that it's going to be cool later and i'm getting really sick of it to be honest like I, I it's it's really like the whole sequence when they go to get apollonius it was cool but i really don't like being in a place for like chapters on chapters where i'm like don't know why any of this is happening like don't know right. why and, and then it's like why am i with a maid of and the it, it, took, crew. it took so many different scenes and then not just different scenes it took so many different chapters and not just different chapters it took me reading a few darrow chapters and then reading a few lyria chapters and then reading a few lysander chapters and then reading a few <laughs> ephraim chapters and then getting back to darrow where he's talking to apollonius and stuff and then finally he's like all right so here's why we did all that and it's like bro like why did you do that like that's so lame like why can't you just have a conversation with several where you're like this is why we're gonna go do this thing and then you could still have the exact same thing happen but i get to be a part of it now like right right right. and it might just be like a personal preference thing like i get that some people like the anticipation and they're like oh i'm in good hands here like i get that and i feel like that sometimes too but like Like, damn some surprises are good like but dude it's like (laughs) it's like 200 pages away from the initial thing that happened like because you got all these POV chapters and like so much to keep track of and stuff. And it's like the whole time I was like, what, why are they down in deep grave doing all that stuff? Like, what was that all about? Like why they, they like went and got Tactus's brother. Like, 
And then it has to go into like this giant backstory about Tactus's so brother and like the dude. whole time. I was like, why are we getting this guy? Who even is he? Like, what is he? <laughs> yeah. And then <laughs> though on that note, I will yeah, say sorry. that was a big long is... rant. For... That was a no, big no, long no, rant that was a great too. rant. I agree. Apollonius is besides like my overarching ca- favorite characters like Severo and Ragnar. Ragnarok. This is Ragnar. Ragnar. I am having I'm I have um what's that TV show with the Vikings in my head? Um his name is Ragnar or something. Ragnar Lothbrook or whatever. Um it's Rag Ragnar. I have no idea what you're talking about. No, no, no. The the name of the character in the book. Now I'm all confused. Oh well, the, the the obsidian that would yeah, die. Ragnar. Yeah. Ragnar, okay. Um besides him being like, oh, you know, overarching favorite characters, Apollonius was like, he took the show. He was the most yeah. fun to read about. Dude, his like dramatic monologues were the best thing ever. He was a character and I loved him. Yeah, I mean character is a good word for it. Like he was very yeah, I don't know. I thought he was a little bit like predictably unpredictable. You know what I mean? Like, okay, the, you know, I see you know what you're saying. Like, like, like ooh, we got a, yeah, like we got a wild card on our hands here, guys. Like, <laughs> totally, you know, what I, mean? like, totally. I don't know. I was Jack just Sarah, yeah. like, um, yeah. But I mean, I did, I did like, uh, like the violin thing was cool, especially seeing as he like broke Tactus's violin and stuff, and like, it was just, it was interesting, not um, to say the least, and like, just like how, like, because Tactus was like, um, really different from Apollonius. And Thrasus, I think, is Apollonius's brother's name. That's um, amazing memory you have. Huh? That scene by the pool was fucking crazy. Like because, like they, <laughs> like they just murdered all those golds. That like they could have just been like, all right, you guys leave. But they right, just right. Kill, tisk, tisk, like no more. Like, yeah, and then like that scene where like several like shoots the water next to where Thrasus is swimming oh. to like electrocute him yeah, it's yeah. Just like man there's this is so crazy like damn really explicit violence in this yeah there's which leads like, nicely to yeah, the fire scene sure we could talk about the fire let's scene go there because yeah. i think it's important and also like whoa yeah so to uh if you haven't read the book what we're talking about is when apollonius severo and darrow finally catch up to the ash lord they find out he's in this decrepit state and then he tells them hey you idiots i was able to deceive you by making you think i was able-bodied and also (laughs) which i guess is important and also we have your kids severo says something to the the effect of like yeah we're gonna kill him but it doesn't have to like be easy for him and daryl like thinks about it for a second and he was like yeah F this guy. And then they all three of them proceed to light this man, this old man who's decrepit, like wheelchair ridden on fire and like stand there watching him burn to death. I didn't like that scene. I, that was, no, that was pretty low of all. So of I think it was because, because Daryl has a moment where he like has the ability to stop it and even thinks like I should. And then he goes, nah. And I think it was his, final it was his death sentence honestly i think that i think because of that scene he will die at the end and he'll deserve it probably Severo? Um, no no D- darrow wait wait wait, wait, this... wait back up back up back up you think darrow's gonna die because he set the ash lord on fire yeah yeah because he said he he said i am willing to sacrifice not only myself not only my family but also my morality for the sake of this fight and because that he will the world will need him dead to move on and build up a better thing because he's kind of hollowed out after that like that was a pretty low thing i don't know man we still got three more books like i don't think i know but i don't know if it's gonna be enough for him to dude i don't even think it's that bad like 
I don't think you even like think it's like compare. Like, dude, he like nuked a whole dockyard. He killed like thousands of reds. Yeah, like, you can justify that of like war and all that, but he like lit guess, an old man on like, fire. <laughs> no, it's, I'm not saying it's not. It's it's really awful. Right, like, right, right. But I'm just like I don't know. Yeah, like I think Darrow Darrow kind of like threw away his morals like a while ago. You know, like. Yeah. But I do agree with you in the sense that like, I mean, I don't think Darrow's gonna survive this series. Like, no. No, no, but I think no that's way. why he why he's not going to. That's yeah, I I, I think that's valid for sure. Like I he's like, kind of irredeemable to himself. I think Darrow. I mean, I haven't read Lightbringer yet, but I wouldn't be surprised if Darrow died in Lightbringer. I don't think he's going to, but I wouldn't. You don't? It, no, he's going to be around for the whole. Oh, he's going to die. He's well, he's going to die at the end of Red God, I think. Oh like, sure, yeah, not in Lightbringer, yeah, yeah. Lightbringer is the 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 sixth book. There's seven. So oh, we're going to have okay. to do this whole show again. We're not going to have to do, read all the books over again, but we are going to have to read Red God when it comes out, obviously. Of um, course. But damn. Yeah, yeah okay. Um, I agree with you there. What? That Daryl's going to... He's yeah, not going to die in uh, Lightbringer. He'll no, die probably at the very not. End. I, yeah, I mean, I just think if he did, I'd be like, oh, yeah. like. But then Lightbringer would have to be... Man, I don't even know. I don't even know if Severo's going to survive. I don't know what's going to... I think his, Severo will survive. Man, Severo is so awesome. He's a right. good dad. I want to talk about um a couple well, a couple other really small things before we get to uh, we need to talk about Lysander and Cassius. Um, we do. But I want to ask you, what did you think about Victra taking Lyria at the end? Cuz I thought it was it was interesting cuz like Victra is like so loyal. Victra had, for a while in the fir- in the first couple of books was like just basically trying to prove her loyalty to Darrow uh for a while and like Victra is just She's a very like like solid presence in all of this, you know. Right. Um, <clears throat> like and, rather unshakable, in fact. Right. But uh, <laughs> what she does at the end of this book is really is pretty extreme. It's not like super super bad or anything, but like you know, uh, she like when she comes on over the intercom right there when they're like flying away, like holy shit, like man, it's like a mother with her kids taken from her. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, dude. Like Severo's, no fury. Yeah, Se- Severo's wife's kids were taken. She is going to come in there, and and I just um I thought it was interesting that you know Victra, I wouldn't call it like breaking or anything like that, but it was just um it wasn't in her character. It and it's not like she's it's not for anybody but herself. She's been very selfless through right. throughout a lot of this, but it was and like, not only that, but intelligent. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Do you think it was a and bad so, okay. move for her to do this? One hundred percent. Okay, yeah. so I have this huge block written now. So I think her attacking the ship that Lyria was on, uh, like they already have her. She's on the way to the Sovereign. Yeah, this is like she like captured her from her own people. She wants her for is, herself. Is a ridiculous <laughs> move. Like, yeah. and, and which means she's now placing because this is the only person who may who may have like if we're gonna go like Mother's Fury, then like. Well, her primary thing should be to get her kid back, right? Not revenge. And what she just did in that move was she elevated her own revenge over getting her kids back. Like she put Lyria's life in danger, the one person who got to have information that would lead to her getting her kid back. So it was like not smart, not in her character. I just thought it was like, why did she have to like purchase this one way ticket to Revenge Town and being an idiot? Not not to mention committing treason. Like everyone's on the same side. We're all going to the same place. Yeah, I don't know if it was treason though. Maybe it was. I guess you could. I mean, she like attacked. She didn't follow whatever order she was probably given. You're right. That's for sure. But I don't know. Yeah, Yeah, it was was weird. Like, I'm sorry, she's not in your ship. (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing? 
Um, okay, so we we need to talk about Lysander and Cassius um, because I had uh, the most mixed feelings. Before we move on, that, did you like oh, how sure. that situation resolved with like how uh, Mustang kind of came in and took it over and was like still super hard about it? But like, yeah, do you think she was fair? I, do you like yeah, how that played out? I mean, yeah, Virginia is so awesome. Like, yeah, like she is she is definitely the yin to Darrow's ridiculous yang, um, and showed yeah, it, well sh- showed it so well in that scene. But I do really want to move on to Cassius and Lysander because, um, man, like I have really mixed feelings about it. Like, I mean, I there were parts of it, like there are some scenes that I thought were just like some of Pierce Brown's best, like uh, Cassius fighting gold after gold and saying like, I am Cassius Albalona and my honor still like, damn, that was awesome. That was really, yeah. really cool. Uh, that was I, one of the few moments that got yeah. me like the first books did. That was, you know? I was yeah, like, that, was, that was probably like some of the best scenes in the whole book like right there um and then like dido is just like so brutal like so ruthless and um really believable in those scenes um the way that uh seraphina's brother or i can't remember who who in the family one of her sons or one of her nephews or whatever is just like dude stop like this is he's one like he won (laughs) you know and she's just like i don't care i'm gonna keep throwing my family members at him uh that was really intense um and so i like that scene um, I like the initial first couple chapters where they were like talking to each other and stuff. And like, it was just, they were just kind of palling around, um, doing their thing, which I thought was cool. Right. It started like Lysander and Cassius, like doing good stuff out in the outer rim. So I think the thing that gives me pause and like, kind of, I just, I don't know, it's just kind of rubbed against me weird is like, um, so a couple different things. So Cassius dies just in a room somewhere. So that was lame. Like super I anticlimactic. Didn't, I didn't like that at all. Didn't I yeah. just like? Do you think like, he's actually dead? I don't know. I'm I'm starting to think he might not be because Me of too. how lame that was. Like you're I gonna know. give him you're gonna give him like one of the coolest scenes of like the entire book, and then or probably Fall arguably arguably the coolest scene in the entire book. It and then yeah, rad. I was yeah, standing and, while reading it. Yeah, it was so cool. And then and <laughs> yeah. then it's just like and then someone comes in and informs him like like an intern at a hospital is just like oh yeah we lost him like sorry so, wait, what yeah and then like, Lysander's like oh man I wish he wouldn't didn't so that's die, the other like, thing I betrayed him well maybe you shouldn't have betrayed him Lysander <laughs> like, yeah so we should talk about that because like I don't know I need to th- I need to talk it through to kind of like really land on how I feel about it because. It, it makes sense that Lysander. So remind me of the sequence of events. Like, was Cassius still alive when Lysander found out that Darrow had bombed those shipyards? Because, like, like Lysander hearing about that did contribute to him kind of like turning and being like, "Let's do the society shit. Let's go. Like, I'm I'm full like gold forever. You know, he like." turned super saiyan right there for like for yeah, a second but also like the new version yeah like but i think he means reform i mean whatever that means for a gold ruling True, over everybody yeah, so, you yeah, know what i mean yeah. like it's yeah yeah like, but I he guess. will be following in his yeah uh, his grandmother's footsteps. Yeah, grandma's yeah. footsteps yeah um, totally but like i mean do you think that he betrayed cassius so Man, I'm I'm kind of right where you are, unfortunately, on this. So it's not going to be very helpful. But in one way, I was like, dude, like your friend is trying to sacrifice himself for you. And you're just like, not today. But then at the same time, it's like, 
you know, Cassius's way of doing things has, and his leadership has kind of like led you to this weird circumstance that you're in. So maybe like you standing up for yourself and being like, no, and putting your foot down was like, like it was both a, it was both a moment of him, like kind of betraying and spitting on his friend's act, but it was also a moment of him, like becoming himself and like seizing his own destiny and being like, no, I will control this. And there are some things that I will die for. And that was a really cool thing. So like half of me was like, yeah. And the other half of me was like, bro, come on, man. Like Cassius is like literally bleeding for you right now. I don't know. <laughs> like, to me, it felt like it felt like Lysander in one chapter was like, oh, my God, this Serafina chick super into her. So <laughs> let's just like I'm down. Like, let's go full gold, baby. Like, let's go. You know, like I, it's just because it felt like Cassius was like trying to avoid a war right um and then lysander was just like ah we were kind of drifting apart anyway and like <laughs> you're super hot and like he's like i don't i don't know I just, well, it I felt... it's important right he seized it and was like i'm gonna do his things differently but yeah it was but like, like none of his chapters are... before that had like i like there i didn't get a whole lot of like lysander like ruminating on like his grandmother and like how that all went down and stuff it was more like his relationship with cassius and stuff totally. and like i don't know it's just it just felt like a little jarring for yeah, like when the guy decides he commits hard. Yeah, he does. And like, I mean, I guess credit to that, I guess. But like, it just felt, I guess I was just reading Lysander differently than how he ended up acting. I totally agree. Because like, as soon as he makes the decision, because he says like, I've chosen sides. He like literally says those words because someone's like, what's happening right now? As they're like trying to escape. He's like, I've chosen sides. So it's like immediately upon deciding like I'm on this side, he then like, goes into this like deep manipulative betrayal process where he puts himself and the person who's following him and like their lives in the line so he can like maybe help the other side and it was like yeah it just seemed like and whereas he wasn't even in the previous chapters like battling with this like how do i proceed morally in my like role as the sovereign no, he just kind of jumps into it yeah he was you're right he was just like being brothers it was all about the brotherhood between cassius and him and then he's just like you know what i'm going full political boom let's do it and it was just like wow really a man of action over here i mean i guess it makes sense like looking at it through lysander's perspective in the sense that like maybe maybe from where lysander's sitting the the rising really didn't work and darrow's like actually a lot more of a villain that's why i was asking about like did did i can't remember if lysander had like it had been revealed that darrow was the one that blew up the shipyards and lysander was like that does it this guy's a piece of shit like i can't we're not doing this anymore you know, like I have the power to not do it, so I'm going to help with getting this, right. this society back together. I don't together. remember. Yeah, I can't remember that exact I, sequence I don't of events. Think that he had because I remember he was like he's pretty much been anti Darrow. Like that guy's a bloodthirsty villain from from the beginning of the book. I'm pretty sure. Oh, oh my God! So, hard subject change. But <laughs> I really want to know though. Who do you think is the queen of the syndicate? Like, who do you think that the Duke of Hands is um, answering to? I hope it's not some uh, daughter of some vague person who was mentioned once before, you know? I hope it's like the jackal. <laughs> I'm just going to hope everyone's the jackal. Um, um, so I have a couple different theories. So you think it's I, uh, I, related to Victra? Um, I don't think it's Victra. No, not Victra, but someone related to her. Um, I don't think anyone else is related to her anymore. It's alive? Like, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Huh? Um, so I have a couple different theories because there's not really like okay. a ton of people left right that it could be so if it's the queen i'm just going to go ahead and assume it's a woman um so it's safe though if it was the jackal he would totally play it that way 
Oh, yeah, maybe. I'm stuck on um, that. <laughs> I mean, uh, I think Harmony, the leader of the Red Hand. Oh, might. That's a great guess. You think that's what it is? Yeah, because like for sure that hits just, such a chord. Yeah, because like of like truth. But so I'm I'm saying that because it like a lot of it makes sense, but like at the same time, I feel like we're not seeing enough of like why Harmony. I wish we had like a Harmony POV if that's yeah. the case. Like if. If harm, I mean, we've already seen what the red hand is doing and stuff, and like, uh, I am right that Harmony is the leader of the red hand, right? There's so I'm quite certain. Yeah, yeah. No, you're you're totally right. She was like okay. the breakoff faction, and um, um, so like, I think it's like the character, like the reds. That, yeah, yeah. You're right. It's the character that makes the most sense that has the most to gain, not the not the most to gain. Totally. Obviously. Who else do you think it could be? Your first guess was so money. I didn't even really think about it. Um. So for a second, I thought maybe it's virginia um and virginia is just trying to like play a bunch of different sides and like like kind of squash the syndicate but like that doesn't make any sense either because it's like how would she get that high up you know what i mean i just thought right. like, for for a second in like my mind terrorists no it's really bad obviously but like in my mind i was like it'd be uh, would be wild if it was virginia because of like the position of power she already has you know what i mean um It'd be like a crazy flip and like it would be really bad for everybody. But it would like, be like Virginia's, Pierce Brown. Virginia's not. Yeah, it's like it, that is a Pierce Brown move, but like for the all the wrong reasons, like it wouldn't actually. Well said. Yeah, it couldn't. Um, yeah, totally. I think Harmony makes as far as like characters, like women characters that stand to. I mean, unless it's Dido, but like. Why would the red hand even be a thing that we've been led to hate and all the things if I she wasn't like what you said was so right, dude. It just like she's it. Yeah, because I feel I'll like I'll be shocked was, now. Yeah, if it's not, I mean, like, what other characters could it? That's like I, it was more like a process of elimination than anything. Like, is Daryl's mom still alive? <laughs> I'm just thinking of Pierce Brownisms. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, hey, it was your mom the whole time. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he would do that. Um, but yeah, I think maybe it's probably Harmony. Probably Unless Harmony, like the yeah. Sovereign like wasn't actually killed or something, but like she was super, yeah. super killed. Honestly, good on Harmony, like not good on Harmony for becoming a terrorist, but like she really has like seized her destiny and like risen to power. Yeah, but like like, we, I mean, how much page time has she actually had though? Like barely any in like the entire series. So like I don't one time in a tea shop like three books ago. Yeah, I think it was two books ago. Two books ago. Okay, yeah, I think you're right. Um, It was when the explosion happened, right? Uh, we first met the jackal. Yeah, that was a cool scene. Damn, I want to go. That was a really cool scene. Yeah, and you know. The first three books are littered with those scenes. In this book, we have like the Cassius scene. And then we have a lot of kind of just flying around, betraying our own f- fractions, uh, fractioning groups that have been like historically always together and like best friends falling apart, which like I get it. We have to break things before we fix them. But I just kind of felt like a lot of that was last book. Like we literally went through a lot of the last three books, really. We, we went through like a Severo Darrow like break up back in those books too. And then we fixed it. Yeah. So it's like, I hope I want more freshness here. I don't want to just like rehash the things that we've already been through and already fixed. I thought it was weird when, Dur- when several was like, I brought people, I brought, I came because like, what, what was this reason again? Like I came because like you were dangerous for, for he came us. Where? Or, well, oh, several- to, with Darrow. Yeah. Like, because he was like, Darrow, you you leave a trail of bodies behind you, and you're so caught up in your own like the idea of himself. Darrow leaves a trail of their friends' corpses behind himself, and this is what he told Darrow. You know, like you leave a trail, and you and 
it seems like you can be so enamored with your own self-image that you could be like blinded by your own legend sort of thing. I honestly think his real reason that he just didn't tell him was to protect Daryl from himself. It wasn't really for everyone else. It was because he wants him, his friend not to lead a suicide battle charge into, you know, to sacrifice oh, himself. Protecting him from himself. That's what it was. Yeah. I was like, what did yeah. he, he was like protecting him from something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But um, he tells him, you know, it's like you're enamored in your own image or something like, do you think that, Severo's right is Darrow lost in his own image? Yeah, but I don't think Severo being there is really going to stop him. Like I like he it's, literally didn't. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I mean, I get the sentiment, but also that, that their their relationship is really weird. It's really like, weird because there's also it's like, like simple this kind of and complex. Yeah, because there's also like this weird like imbalance of power. Like because like totally. Darrow is like very much outranking Severo and like every so Darrow can just put his foot down all the time. And does like, yeah, and so it's like that's kind of like what I was saying before. It's like it doesn't really. I guess Severo's there and Darrow kind of listens to him sometimes. <laughs> right. you know? But like, but maybe maybe Severo being there would make the difference though. You know so. Yeah, but I mean, you know, like I said, it's, if he if that's what he's claiming, which he did, then it's like the one time he has the ability to stop Darrow, he's like, nah, I'm going to go help my family as opposed to doing the thing that I came to stop you from doing. But like it is his family on the other side of that. So like I get it, but I don't know. Again, it's like I just expect maybe the I think my problem really here is the bar. And don't get me wrong. This is a great book, but like the bar is so high. These last three books have like they leave you breathless with like the scope of and the vividness of the action and the excitement and the wild Pierce Brown isms that you keep coming to. Like it's so good. And the snow globe gets a shooketh so much. And in this book, it was like, I felt like we were kind of like riding last book snowflakes a little. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely do feel like this is the it's the weakest book in the series. But like, I mean, that's it was still a good book. <laughs> like this, yeah. There's no way it's it's like the weakest of you know the it's like if you if you had like four pizzas from different pizza places. That's like your least you favorite know. office episode. Um, but yeah, like like I was saying, I I don't I don't think that this was bad. I think um it took me a while, and you know, obviously, if you've been listening along to these episodes, uh, Chad uh, Effie's not here anymore. Uh, I don't know if anybody well, 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 that. Poor little Effie, Effie. Effie is like super, super busy with a ton of different stuff and couldn't even get into the book. Uh, and I think that maybe if the book had been a little bit faster paced at the beginning, Effie might still be here with us, actually, because I think she was so busy and she had tried reading Iron Gold and got like 50 pages in. It was just like, I don't know what the hell is going on. You right. know? And 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 it was just it would seem really overwhelming for her. And then also like chad finished this like weeks ago but i've been really busy with a bunch of other stuff and it just the idea of reading this book for a while seemed really daunting because it was just so much but it's funny because once i actually like really sat down with it so i had i had gotten to like 200 pages in and really just that was like kind of where i was at for like a few weeks just and then on it, yeah and then i finished it over the course of like five days because that's the right way to do it. Because like once you start actually once you really sit down with one of these books, it's it's over. Like you're with the exception, I think, and I think maybe a lot of people that have read the whole series would agree with me, with the exception of the first half of Iron Gold, which is just kind of rough. Like just kind of rough. And that's my opinion. I think that the the back half of it, not only did it set up for something where I like I went straight to my bookshelf and grabbed Dark Age, and then I had to remind myself, wait, we need to make an episode first. Like we don't want this tainted episode 
or we know yeah. stuff about the second book. But I reread the ending in preparation because it had been a few weeks and I wanted to do the same exact thing. You bet your ass as soon as we're done with this episode, I'm going to go start reading Dark Age, though, yep. because so much stuff happened in Iron Gold. There's some stuff we didn't even get to, um, but I feel like we covered pretty decent amount. Like, let me ask you, what do you think is going to happen in Dark Age and what do you think is going to happen in Lightbringer? And we've already kind of discussed what we think is going to happen to Darrow, but give me your, yeah, give me yes. your Dark Age thoughts at least. Daryl's definitely dead at the end of all of this. That's what I'm saying right now. Sure. Um, okay, what's going to happen in the next one? Next one is going to be Lysander's rise to power. It's going to be yeah. his story of gathering the forces of evil i think that we would think of them as now though i think ultimately though i don't think this will happen in maybe at the very end of this next book but i don't think it'll necessarily happen in the next book i think ultimately um lysander will be a force for good and he will be kind of the saving grace i think he will be like the next generation that leads the the solar system into the new age of peace i think at the end of all of this but i do think this next book is going to be him gathering forces around him to take out darrow though i don't think that he will end up doing that okay yeah. what do you think and i guess i only hit one of the many but like <laughs> yeah i mean like i do think lysander will play a pretty big part i don't think there's going to be a time skip it'd be really cool if there wasn't i think we could totally get away with there not being one totally um, i think darrow is also going to have to kind of like mend some bridges or at least like get some more people because like when when he takes off in the end of this book, it kind of meant he's like, kind of got like a ragtag crew. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it doesn't like it's three not, howlers. It's <laughs> not great. Yeah. Like, so I think that maybe um, like he's going to have to kind of like stretch out and try to find some alliances that he still has. That would be interesting to see like forgiveness run. Um, I would like to see some different POVs uh, Same. for sure. Like I think a several POV would be amazing. I don't know it's if we're going to get that. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> like, I just like his speeches, sure. man. Um, yeah. Uh, man, that was so funny when like they took off and Daryl was like, no, we need the hostages. And Apollonius was just like, oh, the, why would you leave them here with me so I could torture the hostages? And the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Darrow was like, no, we need them so we can get out of here. Uh, that was funny. But yeah, um, I'm not really sure, actually, really what to expect from this one. I mean, I've heard it's way faster paced, uh, which is really cool because it's like 700 pages long i think it's the longest book in the entire series so far wow um i think we're gonna see a pretty massive battle on mercury i think it's yeah. gonna be like whatever's going on on mercury there won't be stuff going on on mercury anymore like after this book you know what i mean like it's it's something's gonna get glass like something's gonna happen to mercury like i don't know what's gonna happen but like mercury's been talked about so much yeah there's, it's going it, down on Mercury, yeah, just like it went down on Mars. Um, I would really appreciate some more stuff uh, around Virginia. Like, yeah, I would really, really, I want to see more stuff happening with Virginia and and even Dancer. Like, just kind of like what's still going on with the Solar Republic. I think is really important, and I I feel like that's another thing we just didn't get a whole lot of in this book. Right, you know? we got this like kind of weird, which I thought was almost even out of character for him, like attack on Darrow so he could like get his way, which seemed a little petty and weird. Um, because he like was very instrumental, if not like the reason that Darrow is kind of the way that he is, and it seemed like almost a betrayal. Oh, you mean dancer? Oh, yeah, I'm talking about yeah. dancer. Yeah, who was dancer's who the leader? Say? Dancer's the leader of the Vox Populi, so yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, so. But he also created or was a large part in creating Darrow. 
Yeah, but I mean, if he thinks that the way that Darrow is acting is putting what what everybody's built in jeopardy, which is a 100% valid way to feel about Darrow's actions. Like, if I was Dancer and I saw Darrow do an Iron Rain against, like, the Solar Republic's wishes, I'd be like, whoa, like, right, slow but down. He created man, like this... that warrior. He shouldn't be surprised. And then he um, shouldn't throw him under the bus or, like, use the very but thing Darrow that was... made him be yeah, against but, him. But Dancer's not responsible for all of Darrow's decisions, though. Yeah, that's like, true. Like, leading up to now. Like, Darrow made, himself, Darrow made himself into the person he is. You know what I mean? Like You're, like, you're not wrong, but, like, not entirely. Like, he Dancer, had a lot Dancer of help instigated by, like... it. Dancer instigated it. But Dancer wasn't holding Darrow's hand and forcing him to blow up shipyards and stuff, dude. Like, that was... Darrow. Yeah, but also like Darrow like, didn't decide to come back from the death and get like created into a gold. No, but you with that, but you could say like Augustus, like Nero Augustus is the reason Darrow is the way he is. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but really... I mean, dancer like literally low, like was standing there like with the knife in his hand next to like the pink. I'm, I'm just saying, you know what I'm saying though. It's just I do like, know what you're like, saying. You can, yeah. you can assign blame to all. I thought different... it was a little harsh, and it seemed like he was manipulating well, yeah, his I own mean... tool that he made that way. For his own political gain, it was like, "Come on, man! There's a better way to do this. Go talk to your friend." Yeah, maybe actually. Well, I mean, hmm. not like throw him in the in front of the bus. Like, yes, he's a creature yeah. of war, trying to get more war. I maybe get Dancer it, like, thought that was the only way it would work, dying. though. Maybe. Yeah, maybe you're right. You know what I mean, like maybe Dancer really was stuck in his ways. Yeah, and would Daryl really have listened? And to to my own attack what i'm saying he made the tool so he would probably know how he works yeah so he right. probably knows what's going to be the most effective way to bring him down you know <laughs> yeah it didn't dude really super work but i know yeah. yeah right well we didn't get into it too much but like the whole scene when darrow decides to like go off and be crazy and ends up killing the like ragnar replacement uh wolfgar yeah that wolfgar. was oh. i was not expecting that at all so was br- it was like that yeah, it was like the beginning of the end. I think that's kind of like the one of the, the things that led to him being like, yeah, let's light this guy on fire. It was like the slow corruption of like, man, he's like murdering his like friends now. Like, oh, it was so rough to like see our hero fall that far, you know? Can I ask you a question? Sure. If you thought that your actions would save the galaxy, <laughs> would you <laughs> would you would you alienate all of your friends and your family? to do it Boy, like, i don't even know how i want like to not respond. even not even ali- <laughs> not even alienate but like make them think you're a monster right right you know I mean? like they like the because it goes over it a couple times like the way that pax like looks at him when they yeah. when they bail out of there like that and like there's the shock on his family oh, just it's like holy the most shit. betrayal right um i mean like if you i want to say yes but i also don't even know if i want to say that yeah. <laughs> right it's hard because it's messed it, up. Like me asking that question, I think really puts into perspective like the 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 fix that Darrow's really in, and I right. think that it was masterfully done at the end of this book, demonstrating that with this exact situation unfolding the way that it did. You know, I mean, like he follows through. He's got to finish this, you know. Yep. But whereas, like, like Severo, he doesn't follow through at the end. He goes back to his family, you know. But you also can't hate on him for for trying to protect his no, family. No, not at all, and absolutely not. But um, I think that's why, like, I'm really excited to read Dark Ages because, from what I was reading, it didn't seem like Darrow was super well equipped to do what he was even trying to set out to do. It did sound sound like Mercury was going to be his grave. Like, it did sound like he was, and that's why I think that it's a little bit weird because it's like, well, dude, if you think you're going to die anyway, like, maybe you should go to your son, or like, if if it's really like that lost of a cause, like, maybe. But right. like, but that's not how Darrow operates. Like, if it's not 
finished, he's not going to stop. You know what I mean? Like if, if, if there's still a 1% chance, he's going to do it. And that's why I think Dark Age is going to be such a freaking interesting book because I want to see how he deals with all of that because I don't think he's going to die in Dark Age. Um, he might not die at all, but I'm pretty sure he's going to die in the last book, which is not to be Darryl? released yet. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, like he's, he's yeah, not. Yeah. He's done. But um, um, yeah, that's, those are my predictions. I don't, I don't know. Um, like Victra, I'm, I want maybe some Victra chapters would be pretty cool. Actually, I would like some more Victra. Yeah, Victra. So as Virginia, long as not her freaking out, but betraying her character and her intelligence. Uh, but she did it for a, re- a reason, man. Like she yeah, like a dumb one. For kids, it was like in her against her own self interest. Like all of the ships are going to the same spot. She could have just waited yeah, like waited. ten minutes yeah. and then, then everybody would the have like, got out. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay, let's end here because man, this is the only part that it did actually inspire some uh legit tears for me was sure. the uh this quote from from Kavex Telemanas when he told Lyria after she comes to him on a medical bed and realizes uh oh and she realizes that but for her blind nephew Liam her entire family is now dead and Kavex tells her oh child I am sorry I know it may be impossible to believe now when everything is dark and broken but you will survive this pain little one pain is a memory you will live and you will struggle and you will find joy and you will remember your family from this breath until your dying days because love does not fade love is the stars and its light carries on long after death fuck it hey man that is some amazing writing right there amazing Jeez. i started crying yeah. dude it was hard yeah, to even get no. through that it's true it's true though too that's that like is... in the face of her oh just man what beautiful words man what an amazing paragraph of words right there <laughs> what an amazing paragraph yeah i remember reading that too yeah i was just like Poof. oh man that is crazy <laughs> and it's light carries on long after death it's, oh man it's just so good like i can't I can't explaining it will ruin the magic. Just listen to it again if you didn't understand it all. <laughs> or read these books, because man, if you're listening to this oh, podcast yeah. and haven't read these books, they're a great read. All right, everybody, that's gonna do it for us today. Uh Chad and I could probably talk for hours about Red Rising, but we'll probably end up just kind of like rehashing the same arguments and just talking about how awesome the books are and all that yeah, stuff. And I like, like to, 14 pages of quotes. Totally. I mean, like to, to sum up, like to sum up, like this is my least favorite book in the series. Um same. I think it'll probably, from what I've heard from other people, it'll probably stay that way too, which I'm really excited about because I, you know, we got two really awesome books ahead of us. Everybody yeah, that's been, evil. everybody that's been listening along and reading along with us and stuff, thank you for your patience. Um, you know, we really m- muscled through those first books really quickly, and then this one kind of drug down, and then Chad and I had some kind of like personal stuff going on, and we had to like put some stuff aside for a while, and it just so happened that we had to put it. Uh, aside when we were reading these really cool books and i'm really glad to be kind of back into reading these really cool books and i'm also kind of happy to be done with these soon because they're kind of mostly a bummer like they're cool and we got some cool stuff coming there's some really awesome things happening in these books and i and i think that like narratively they're very very impressive and just i could just go on and on about how great they are but they are kind of bumming me out so like (laughs) i'm like excited to like so much daryl moping yeah like and just like just like just nukes and fucking fire and they have an rpg nuke yeah man i'm like like a shoulder fired nuclear (laughs) weapon um and they just and they're very deep uh, and but i like that i like how existential they are i like how the, the i like the questions that it's making me ask not only of myself but of the main character of a trilogy who 
I mean, this will be my last kind of sentiment about this book, but I think it's really cool that what Iron Gold does, and I'm kind of realizing this as we've been talking about it, but what Iron Gold does is it sits you down and it tells you to ask more questions about someone that you saw as a hero, you know, and like, that's the point of this book, in my opinion. Right. And Uh, the solution you think is fixing the current problem in your brain, because it might be the thing that leads to a whole lot of suffering. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Wow. Some, some really incredible books here and uh, everybody join us for the dark age episode, which should be coming pretty soon because I'm I'm going to start it it right now. (laughs) (laughs) It's time. It's time to finish up red rising everybody. And then we're going to move on to skull immense by uh, Novik, which I think will be a nice little, little change of pace. Hopefully I agree. But until then we are going full tilt over to Mercury with dark age and uh, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Hope you have an awesome rest of your day. And of course, happy reading. Bye everybody.